welcome to the first episode of the Anime Coffee House Podcast. I am Jacob, your first host of the day, and with me is the wonderful, illustrious Nicole. Introduce yourself. Nicole. Uh, so I'll tell you a bit about myself. In a nutshell, I grew up watching all the shows they would play on Toonami and later Adult Swim. Some of the shows I would watch were Dragon Ball, of course, Digimon, Pokemon. Um, I really liked the Ronin Warriors because of the White Tiger. But I didn't realize that these shows were anime. And so the first show that I watched, not because it was just a cartoon that happened to be on the television, but because I was like, hey, I really like this stuff. I want to see more of it. Why don't I look up some anime? So the first one was Death Note because, you know, I just Googled top anime, best anime, it kept popping up. So I said, okay, I guess I'll start here. And it's been a really fun downward spiral ever since. And uh, Death Note is one of the animes we will be discussing today. Um, so I would consider myself a casual watcher of anime. Um, although in recent years, I've been watching more and more to cope with the stress of school. So I guess it's, I'm not such a casual watcher anymore. I would say 99% of what I watch is anime. Probably the last shows I watched that had actual actors in it would have been Game of Thrones and Westworld. Uh, so yeah, I enjoy a variety of different genres, but I'm definitely biased towards shonen and sign-in and psychological thrillers. Yeah, I understand that. I got to get, to get to get everyone to understand, you know, each of our outlooks on anime. We are gonna bring up, you know, what got us into it today, and you know, our first kind of delves into like the deep dark hole that is the anime culture and weeb culture and otaku culture. And then we're also going to give an example of kind of how this podcast is going to run because we want to build a place where you can come and you can talk and share your, your thoughts on whatever anime it is, video game, JRPGs, manga, and, and not feel judged about your opinions, you know, whether we like it or, you know, I like it and she doesn't, or she likes it and I don't. And, you know, as the culture builds up, we can have a place for you to come talk about something you love and, you know, get it off your chest, shoot some, you know, theories out there with people and not feel like you're getting bullied or pressured because maybe you like a lot of etchy stuff. And then the people are like, oh, you're a weirdo. And you are like, okay, cool. Good for you. Why do you like it? And, you know, go into stuff like that where you're not going to get, you know, bombarded yeah, or bullied. We love, for... we love different opinions. Yeah, you know, I, I want to, like, we want to hear how you guys feel about it, not just how we feel about it, but we want you to also share how we feel about it. So for an example like that, today we're going to break down uh, two shows for you. One, which was in her top five that I never watched, which is Death Note, which I know, well, you never watch Death Note. Oh my god, you gotta watch Death Note. So I was like, I guess I'll finally watch Death Note. And then the second, which I recently watched and instantly jumped into my top ten, was Golden Time, so she watched it, and so those are two we're going to do a little in-deep dive on today, and then next week we'll probably go into like a breaking down of our actual top ten list, so that you guys can kind of see what our, you know, favorite animes are, the genres that maybe we tend to lean towards, and also just for us to see where we, as we start this podcast, what we liked, and then as things change, maybe that list will change, and you'll see how we developed as viewers mm -hmm. of anime. So, like, she was explaining for herself, um, one of the first animes she watched was Death Note. 
for me, it was, of course, like this was the same where I watched Dragon Ball, I watched Yu-Gi-Oh, I watched Pokemon and Digimon, all those things that are kind of considered anime when I was a kid. But as I got older, you know, that whole stigma of watching anime and getting bullied for it because it was just like a weird thing to do, at least in Western, you know, culture. Yeah. Now I think it's kind of cool, actually. Like before, yeah. you wouldn't tell anybody that you watch anime, but I feel like maybe now it's become more mainstream. Like everybody, now everybody maybe... watches it. Everyone's yeah. talking about Attack on Titan, and everyone's talking yeah. about My Hero, Demon Slayer. It's just like it's the new rage. It's the new popular thing. But like growing up, that wasn't the case. So I <laughs> didn't give it a fair shot until about my sophomore to junior year of high school. I went in. I happened to see uh, one of my best friend's brother was watching Fairy Tale, and I was just sitting there in the kitchen, like basically looking over his shoulder, like, "Wow, this is fucking, this is cool. I want to watch this." And then I asked him, "Hey, what is this?" And he told me it was Fairy Tale. And that night, I went home, I pulled it up, and I watched who knows how many episodes, and I was just hooked. And then I slowly, <laughs> you know, I went from like Fairy Tale. I watched that that two hundred something episode time, so I watched that from basically start and caught up which took me a while of course because i had school and other stuff i was doing at the time so as i slowly was getting into the anime culture i went from watching stuff like fairy tale i watched no game no life i started i got onto my hero academia from the moment it started i went back and i watched some naruto some bleach uh and it just it just sold me and one of the things you notice is my early anime watching was a lot of shonen <laughs> mm -hmm. most recent years i watch very little shonen i watch a lot of shoujo and moe and just comedic little fun cute stuff yeah and... i think a lot of people start off watching shonen just because that's what tends to be all over television and the same thing for me i used to only be interested in shonen but in recent years, I've gotten more into, even though Death Note was my first psychological thriller, I've definitely been watching more of that recently. And I never really was into shoho animes and slices of life, but I've been watching those uh, more recently too. They're, they're, they're some of the most simple styles of writing in anime. It's just everyday life. For some reason, it's just so cute and fun. <laughs> to get in and you get your favorite characters and you follow them and you're like, oh, what's going to happen with this character? And I think the reason that we like that is because when you are watching Shonen, you often think, what the hell do these people do on their free time? We All we ever do is see them constantly fighting, constantly training, and then that can't be their whole life. It's just constant training and fighting. So what do they do on their off days? And Slice yeah, Life would I come definitely, in. Yeah. I definitely think there's genres and shows out there for everyone, just like normal television. You just have to kind of find what you like. But so that was a little introduction of you know how we got in anime. So I guess we can start with the show you watched, which is Golden Time. Yeah. And did you finish it? I did finish it. And just a warning to anyone who has seen these shows, there is gonna be heavy spoilers ahead because otherwise we wouldn't really be able to discuss them. But yes, I did finish Golden Time. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. It was a fun ride. Uh, I would definitely recommend it to anyone who enjoys rom-coms and dramas. Um, I would... <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> I so I'll, I'll ask you a couple questions since I've 
finished it and it, it did jump to one of my favorites and just see how what you think about it. so mm-hmm. like what did you think of the initial relationship between Bonnie and Coco and then how it developed as the series went along to a conclusion and for those of you who don't I, know, Bonnie is the main character yeah. and Coco is the main love interest. No. Yeah, so we yeah, so we have Bonri, we have Coco, we have Mitsuo, 2D Kun, uh Linda Senpai, and I think Chinami, that's our main cast. So Coco and Bonri, um I thought it was I don't know, it was kind of a roller coaster of emotions because so you have this like kind of duality. There's the old Bonri who is in love with um, Linda Senpai. And then there's the new Bonri who is in love with Coco-chan. And I don't know, for me, it was kind of like, I didn't know who I wanted Bonri to end up with. It was kind of an emotional roller coaster. But I thought the development of their relationship was very like sweet and very wholesome. Um, yeah. I, the correct yeah. answer is Coco. Just so everyone huh? knows, the correct answer is Coco. You should have always oh. said, I want him to end up with Coco, because she is, well, she's Coco, and there's... <laughs> well, I did like Coco. I think she was definitely the most memorable character of the show, her and Nana, who Nana is a, is a supporting character who seems to be based off the titular, titular character of another anime that is called Nana. Um... But yeah, I was very sympathetic towards Coco. They kind of set her up to not be the most likable character because she's just introduced as this crazy stalker woman who is following Mitsuo to college. And Mitsuo is just trying to reject her and make it clear to her that he's not interested in her as anything more than a friend. And she won't take no for an answer, which is, you know, again, very stalkerish, but you have to admire the certain level, I guess, of persistence that she has. But um, anyways, she becomes friends with Bonri because Bonri feels kind of sorry for her and that she doesn't deserve to be ignored and basically have no friends. And so they get closer and then eventually um, Bonri tells her that he has feelings for her and they end up getting together. And it's just this emote because so Bonri has amnesia and you have these moments where the old Bonri is like coming back to haunt him and in those moments you know he really wants to be with Linda Senpai so it's just a lot of this back and forth and you don't really know what's gonna happen um but yeah in the end he does remember Coco and chooses to be with her but uh, so the build up to this and one of the things I really enjoyed about the show was a lot of the characters can be very relatable you know, Mitsuro yeah. being the, the the pretty boy who girls are constantly going after him, and he's just kind of he has a certain type, and it's not what people would think. Like he likes the you know the more laid back tomboyish type of girl, who like no those type of girls aren't normally the most upfront with their feelings. They they tend not to really be sundares because they don't like hit you and like give you mm-hmm. you know mess with you and kind of like make your life harder while actually loving you but they're they're just like they're not the most open with their feelings and so even though yeah. if he comes out like in the series he comes out and tells one of the characters she to me that he likes her because coco dared him to just to see if he would do it and even though she me did like him she thought he was joking because she's like why would this pretty boy ever like me this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Why would he so... ever? And then once she realized, oh, he actually liked me, 
and then felt bad and liked him back. She never knew how to, you know, go up and yeah. tell him. And I feel like people have had that happen to them before, whether they be the, the person who got turned down or the one who, you know, turned him down because they were thinking, oh, this is just a joke. He's trying to make fun of me. Yeah. Which later on, I think near the end of the anime, uh, Chinami does tell Bonri that also she rejected him because uh, he thought he she thought he might find that attractive, as in like the whole playing hard to get thing. And then so later on in the anime, Mitsuo is, is loses interest, I guess, in Chinami after he gets rejected, and everyone also kind of makes fun of him after that. It becomes a running joke that he got rejected. And he's really embarrassed and he doesn't want to run into her. And he's like afraid that everyone's talking about him. and He doesn't want to show his face in public, which is, you know, really dramatic, but also like relatable in a way. And yeah, so he moves on to Linda Senpai and then Chinami is, you know, all hurt and she doesn't know what to do about it. And I don't think we ever actually got an answer as to what happened between all of them, which I wish we had gotten. It's just kind of left open. I think getting it left but... open just in case they got a second season or maybe an OVA or a movie yeah. or something. They oh. could go and maybe now that Bonri and Coco are happy, they can go and help other people find love. You know. Yeah. Like rom coms normally do, you know. They yeah. once a couple gets together, it's kinda of, oh now we have to make everybody fall in love. Which mm-hmm. I mean is cute and fun, so I don't really complain about it. But the other thing that yeah. I I thought was a interesting point for golden time was the aspect of you know accepting your old self while trying to build somebody new which is kind of what i think bonnie represented so yeah even though it's yeah yeah and also he was like trying to like also about the fact that you can't escape the past because he was also kept trying to deny the old bonnie but old bonnie Old Bonri is literally appears as a ghost that's coming back to haunt him and says he wants to like ruin his life because he's so salty that he's denied his feelings for Linda and is choosing to go after Coco. And he he's not necessarily going after Coco. He's just trying to ruin the current Bonri's life because he feels like yeah. that Bonri ruined his life. And he tried yeah. and throughout the series early on, he tries to slowly hint, like give him like hints of his past. But because the new Bonnie's constantly running away from it and doesn't want to accept it, it's mm-hmm. making Ghost Bonnie upset. He's like, come on, I'm trying to work with you here. Uh, mm-hmm. Why are you ignoring me? I'm here. List- look at me. Listen to me. Look at me. Listen to me. And he's just mm-hmm. like, he obviously he can't see him. But the, the dreams and stuff like that that he just throws away are things, ways that the old Bonnie tries to you know, get into his head. Yeah, that, old Bonri tries to ruin their beach day. It's kind of like implied that he made it. They're all, you know, they're all in the car, the whole friend group going to the beach to have a good time. And old Bonri like makes it rain. But um, but then they save the, they decide to go out and have a fun time and play in the rain anyway, which I thought is was really cool. They were making the best of like a bad situation. And then there's another. If you didn't have that it... scene, you wouldn't be able to see Bonnie in a speedo, which we all know we wanted to see yeah. from the get-go. Was Bonnie in a speedo? Yeah, the comedy in this show is pretty interesting too. I enjoyed it. They just they would cut to the most random like cut scenes, like the one about going to Paris. Um, there were a few other ones. Um, yeah, it was it. It's definitely a unique. Yeah, the running sense Paris of joke was funny, where Paris was basically. You know, for the PG listeners out there, they considered Paris as another word for doing the dirty, doing the bang bang, 
you know, <laughs> having a good yeah. old time under the sheets, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and so it was like, I'm going to go to Paris and you know, do this. And so it, it constantly became, oh, I can't wait till we go to Paris. I'm, you know, when are we going to go to Paris? Like, Paris was such a big, like, and Bonnie's head is, oh, I'm going to get to bang my girlfriend in Paris. So like, yeah. later on the show, they have an episode where they, it's called, you know, I think it, it's, it's, it's called like Night in Paris. I yeah, think. something like that. Um, yeah. And there's also this crazy tea club that, well, they call themselves the tea club, but I think they're really just a bunch of partiers. And it's a kind of a running joke too in the show that like if they become annoyed with one of their friends, they like toss them to the tea club and the tea club like drags them away and does I don't know what to them, but they're like found the next morning just like like laying there completely like destroyed. I don't know if you've ever drinking Japanese tea, but it gets you pretty rowdy. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently you know, so. Like I, I'm I'm a um, little bit of a tea aficionado, and I gotta say, <laughs> if I'm gonna choose to get drunk off whiskey or tea, I'm probably taking the tea because it gets you it gets you up and it gets you going. Yeah, well, we'll have to find out whatever the tea club has because I'll have to try some of that because apparently those guys were having a really good time. And <laughs> so, yeah, there's the crazy tea club. There's this other moment, too, where it was, like, pretty strange but pretty funny. So um, so Bonri wants to take Coco to the beach, but he doesn't have money to pay for it. So Nana Senpai, who is his neighbor, says, oh, I can, like, hook you up with this job. It's great. You'll make a lot in one night. And so uh, she, they also get Mitsuo in, on, Mitsuo in on it too. And they go to this party and Bonri, Mitsuo, they like coerce him into being some kind of stripper. Like they make him wear like a Speedo and go on a stage and stuff, which is like pretty, which is kind of wrong, but that's what happened. And then Bonri, they have put on this like maid costume. So he's literally dressed like a maid. And then wouldn't you know, like Linda Senpai is there too. And they start like people start asking them to take photos together and they get like closer and closer and then coco like barges in and she catches like bonry basically dressed up as a maid taking like super intimate or very close photos with linda senpai and the whole thing was just like bizarre he was just like no this is just like a misunderstanding and stuff and i was um, like this is one freaking of the things crazy. i love about that scene that there's also funny but I mean, afterwards, like, they have a very mm -hmm. intense moment, and we'll talk about that. But yeah, before that scene, it, it's implied that Coco spent hours trying to make sure that Bonnie was okay. Because it's oh, unlike yeah. Bonnie like, to... Oh, yeah, she sent him, like, 50-plus phone calls. Yeah, to, you know, not respond to her. So she thought, mm -hmm. oh, he must... Something must be hurt, because she knows about the amnesia. She's, and he's already had issues in the past with mm -hmm. the amnesia. So she instantly got, oh, my God, I'm worried... So she spent hours looking for him and eventually Which found is, him. In this day and age, who doesn't, like, check their phone for, like, over five hours or who, however long it was and, like, doesn't even say anything about it to, like, their significant other? Well, as, so was kinda, as so a was man myself, I don't know part. what I would do with my phone uh -huh. and address. Like, yeah, true. I don't have boobs to put it in there and hide them. I don't have... Like, I don't think dresses have normally have pockets, especially made costumes. I don't know, like, he didn't really have anywhere to kind okay. of hide his phone to be able to pull it out and work. I think they gave him a locker or something. I'm not sure if yeah, I'm imagining he had, that. Yeah, he had, like, a little locker. Yeah. 
and he put his phone in there with all of his other clothes. Yeah. Um, but after this scene, they actually probably one of the most intense. I believe it's after this, after that, where they had both one of the most intense scenes, where Bonnie basically opens up about Linda mm-hmm. and his past feelings towards her, and how his old self is coming back, and they're battling, and he feels mm-hmm. bad for Coco, and it's hurting him, and he doesn't know what to do and how to deal with it and he basically breaks down crying and then coco gets mad because she's like why would you ever tell me that which is an honest woman's reaction like why would you ever tell a woman about your ex and say you still love them like yeah it's just kind of like what the fuck is wrong with you although <laughs> like for the longest time in the show i was like why doesn't he just tell her like why doesn't he just bring it up but then like yeah after i saw that episode i thought oh that's why like that makes sense okay you know yeah i mean yeah there's like you know it's easy to say like oh bonnery like why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that but it's hard to say like if you were in his position what would you do you know but after that yeah after that i think they reconcile and he decides he wants to cut ties with linda so he goes and he meets with linda and he tears up the picture that he had of them because once she oh yeah she tears it up she tears it up and that's supposed to be like and that's when the ghost bonnery got really pissed off and decides i'm gonna destroy you know his life for doing yeah. this and it you only takes an mm-hmm. episode before they're reconciled and coco's like i don't want you to like ruin a friendship and make things awkward for our club because they're in the festival club all together yeah and like so they reconcile and he they start things start to look better for the couple she's more understanding because now she knows what's going on 100 percent He's able to mm-hmm. kind of confide in her and helps him feel better, which is why from the beginning I was like, why don't you just tell her? Because like she like obviously she cares about you, so she's gonna help you out. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the things I love about Coco, and that's kind of wanted to go into Coco a little bit and why she instantly jumped into my top waifu's list. She's an amazing <laughs> character. She's a little crazy. I don't know if I'd call well, her a Sundere or if I'd call her a Yandere. Than... I don't know like what she's more than her. a little crazy. Yeah, I don't know what you call her either. She's not she's not like aggressive. She's just like very obsessive and a huge stalker yeah, like, in a nutshell. I don't think she yeah. would kill anybody, but like she's she's borderline yandere. Not mm-hmm. not there yet. But she's just she identifies with this characteristic of um someone who loves with their whole heart and will do anything for the person that they love. And as somebody, as like myself, I'm, I I put myself in a very similar, you know, outlook. You know, I, I always love with my whole heart. I put everything into something. And, you know, so it hurts extra when it doesn't work out. And so yeah. it's she's easy to connect with. Because even though she is a little crazy, that, you know, undying love and the willingness to just push past all stigmas not caring what other people think and just doing whatever it takes to get with that person that you love and make them happy and and be the woman that they want it it's very you know admirable and inspiring and it's easy to connect with her and just fall in love with the character from early Mm -hmm. on and then no matter what she does like you're able to accept it like okay that's fine you know it's a little it's a little wild but you know what it's fine like i you know i want coco succeed. Yeah, I think Coco was definitely, as I said, my favorite character in the show, followed by Nana. Um, Bonri was Bonri was fine. He he's just kind of like 
there, other than the fact that he has amnesia, there's nothing really that stands out about him. But I think that kind of makes him more relatable in a way because he could just be like anybody. And that's the whole, um, that's kind of the point, you know. A yeah. lot of times with main characters in anime, people complain about this who don't like anime. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. he's bland, he's boring. But the main character mm-hmm. of anime is kind of almost supposed to be your look into the world. So mm-hmm. if they're too stylized or too characteristic, you can't connect as much with that character and feel like you're in the world compared to when, you know, they're a little bit blander and they develop over time, you know, and you develop with them. And so it kind of gets that that beginning, middle, and end of a character arc and seeing them develop. Because a lot of characters are bland because they don't want to tell you anything about that character, partially because they want along, they have the story that's going to tell that you will then learn about the character Mm-hmm. So if you jump in, it's always really just a boring character. But then, like, they're a lot more complex by the end. It's it's just the writing style of anime. It's not built for you know. It's not a movie. It's not a t- like some American TV shows. Like it's it's very like they're it's a slower style of storytelling with climax. Like in the slice of life genre. That's yeah, literally what it is, slice of life. Yeah, it's just, and they give you little bits and pieces, and it you very you vaguely you slowly grow with the characters and love the characters, and that's the whole point of that genre. Can we talk about the car crash. Yeah, I mean, yeah, remember because okay, so I'm not now I understood afterwards why it was so dramatic, but while I was watching this, so it all started. I'm not sure if the ghost of Bonnery had something to do with it. Because um, he, because they, they implied that he, you know, because of the the whole he he caused the rain, and mm-hmm. because of the rain, they had to wait longer to go to the pool, and they played in the rain, and they they swim, and they have fun, and you know what happens when like you're having fun and you're swimming and your endorphins are high and you just you kind so of burn yourself pretty, out. So they're all pretty. They were tired. all like pretty tired. We don't know what time it was. Yeah, it was nighttime. <laughs> I don't know. It was nighttime, but so anyways, um. 2D Kun had driven there. He was tired. So Coco Chan says, oh, don't worry. I'll drive back for you. And they're driving back. And then one by one, everyone falls asleep, uh, including Coco. And then the ghost of Bonnery is like, no, like, I didn't want to take it this far. Like, I don't want them all to die. Like, wake up, wake up or something. And then so Bonnery, the new Bonnery, not the ghost, wakes up at the last minute and he pumps the brakes and he saves them. And it could have been really bad, like, they could have died, but in the end, they just got into this, like, fender bender, but the aftermath was just so dramatic, like, they called the police, and, like, I don't know if the laws are different in Japan, but, like... They're a lot stricter, you have to, they technically just damaged public property by hitting, you know... Did they? Yeah, because they they ran into, you know, the soft... Oh. The, whatever those are called, the, you know... Oh, the the barriers, yeah, the soft railings. Oh, the barrier... So they damage okay. property. So you know, I mean, there's no cameras around because they're in, in like by a mountain in bumfuck nowhere. But it's still like they're goody okay. tissue oh. kids. They're law students. Like they're gonna follow. They're gonna go by the law. So they call. Uh, okay. Not to mention, if they're they... all really tired. So they, they're they don't they're scared. They don't know what to do. Like it's their first time in this yeah. situation. Okay, so they okay, so it's because they damaged public property. See, I didn't realize that. I thought it was just a fender bender, and I was like, "Why are they calling the police?" Like, 
I would have just left. But, but that's that, okay. that's the American in us. It's just like, oh, I don't get the peace involved. I don't trust them. We're just going to go. Well, if it's, well, because if only your car was damaged, you know, then what yeah, would it's you your call car them? or whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. But so anyways, um, yeah, Coco has like, so they get back and then Coco's dad comes and he's like really angry. He like slaps her so hard. Her freaking shoe falls off, which is okay. Of that I wasn't scene, a- uh, if I was bombing a- <laughs> I'm beating the shit out of him like that. You know, yeah, that was kind of. Overkill, I'm having a Dragon Ball Super. That's my Bulma, but that's my Coco moment. And I'm just going ham on him, like nah, bro. I mean, her shoe literally—he literally slapped her so hard that her shoe fell off and she fell down. It was kind of like overkill. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm sure most people have you know put a scratch on a car at some point in time, but. Yeah, it's just all really dramatic. Like, they canceled the trip to Barcelona. Coco goes into this, like, deep depression and won't talk well, to any it, of the friends was... and is, like, holed up in her room. Her, but her then, dad... like, you know, I was, uh, I was like, why is this so dramatic? But then afterwards, you know, Bonri comes and they talk and she admits it's kind of because she was afraid that had an accident happened, Bonri would have gotten amnesia again and forgotten her or referred it to the old Bonri. That was my take yeah, on it. That's that. So for the dad, obviously it was, uh, just emotions riled up. He was upset because like he was mad his daughter almost got her friends killed, knowing that she yeah. doesn't drive that often, and yeah. she was gonna be tired. Like she 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 should have just called somebody. Hey, can you come get us? We're tired, and she has like yeah. a boatload of money, so like her dad wouldn't have cared. And they mm-hmm. only really canceled the Barcelona trip because Coco never wanted to go in the first place. She wanted to oh. stay with Bonri. So that's what her dad her dad even said that the Bonri like she didn't seem that interested. So I just canceled it. I went back to work because you know everything happened and I just you know I don't think mm-hmm. this is the best time you know to go to Barcelona. Maybe in the future we'll we'll pick it back up. But right now we're just, we're just gonna we're just gonna call it off until you know things get better. And then he allows him to go talk to her and then. Yeah, then you he's like to, peeking. Yeah, you have to think they have of her this mental deep state. conversation, yeah. and he's like peeping through the door. Yeah, but like it's. You also gotta think he knows how she is. Like her dad knows yeah. how crazy she can be, and that's reason yeah. earlier in the show he even says, "I don't think you should date Bonnie because he in his head he's thinking there's no way any guy can handle her." But then mm-hmm. as he sees how much like that was his first look at how much Bonnie really cares about Coco. And yeah. So they became like he became more accepting of Bonnie. He's like, okay, this this kid is good for my daughter. Um, mm-hmm. But when they had that deep moment where you know they're both crying and they're screaming at each other about, uh, it wasn't just about how she was scared of him, you know, lose his memories again, but she was also scared. Okay, last time he lost his memories, he ran away from everything, mm-hmm. and. You know, she doesn't want him to run away again. And he, whether she, like, if he lost his memories but was able to stay by her side and they could rekindle, she'd be fine with that. But it was her fear her fear of him running away again and running away from all those problems because, you know, that's just how he dealed with, like, dealt with things to that point. And it's, it kind of clicked for him, too, when she said those words to him that how big of a, asshole he's been to all of his old friends and to Linda and his parents and you know how he can't just run it's just he does this multiple times in the show but that was the first one where he really was like I need to figure out who I was so that Mm -hmm. I can become who I want to be yeah that was 
again, that was one of my favorite elements of the show, the whole duality of Bonnery didn't know who he was, if he was his past self or the new self or someone completely different. Um, so that was kind of yeah. like, and then the whole scene with the dad, when he comes, like, he's like hugging Coco really mm-hmm. intently. I think they kiss and the dad walks in. Yeah, he's just like, they're... I think like Bonnery looks up and the dad is just like peering through this like yeah, crack in the door him and hold like... his daughter and he's just and she's trying to, oh no, she's trying to kiss him and he's like freaking out like uh uh I can't yeah. I can't kiss you your dad's right there and and she's like what's going on and she sees the fear in his face and is like is my dad behind me and he's like no <laughs> no not at all he's not there and then the dad barges in yeah and tells him to go make ramen which was like. I, I guess was a way to defuse the situation to get him away mm-hmm. from your daughter, but like I also think <laughs> he just wanted to have a conversation with her, and mm-hmm. he just tried to find an excuse to get rid of Bonnery, because like you said, he listened into the whole thing because he's kind of nosy, and mm-hmm. you know, like if it wasn't for that damn cat, he might have gotten away with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did feel like I enjoyed the beginning of the show a lot. And then, like, maybe towards, like, the middle, it got a little slow. But then in the end of the show, like, the last maybe six episodes, things start, like, really getting crazy with Bonri. He keeps having these flashbacks of his old self and these episodes of the amnesia returning. Um, Like, he runs. He keeps, I think, like, breaking down in the middle of the night and, like, screaming for Linda. Yeah, and he does it it in events, too, where he's... mm -hmm. Uh, he reverts back to the old Bonnery. And so that old Bonnery is still standing at the bridge waiting for Linda to come tell him how he feels. And so yeah. that aspect, you know, so he just starts freaking out because he has no idea where he's at, who these people are, what air, like he just gets overwhelmed yeah. and basically has a panic attack. And that's why Bonnery needed to get some type of drugs for anxiety so mm-hmm. that he, that wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads in to how the, the show wraps up where uh, he has a breakdown and Chinami, who is part of the video club and always records people, happened to her camera happened to record one of his breakdowns and him come out of the breakdown and explain how he doesn't need want Coco mm-hmm. to find out about his breakdowns because she'd get worried. And so that leads in to like the big Coco. climax oh, where Coco is like, yeah. okay, she sees the video on accident and like how he's in a lot of pain by the way by the way at this point how come no one has told this guy hey i think you should go to the hospital and get like a brain scan or something like he's having pretty severe signs but uh they don't know about the amnesia they don't know about like what's going on with him coco coco does linda does his parents do you know yeah, but, like, well, I mean, the, the hospital's only going to do so much, and they probably don't want to get hospitalized where they can't see him and he can't live his life. Um, yeah, fa- I mean, fair fair enough, but, like, this poor guy is having these really severe breakdowns, and then, as you were saying, anyway, Coco sees the camcorder, and she, you know, she breaks up with him. Yeah, she, she sees how much pain he's in, and she thinks, mm-hmm. okay, if I just step out of the situation, maybe mm-hmm. the old Bonnie will come back, him and Linda can have a happy life, and he can be happy mm-hmm. and not in pain anymore, which only causes yeah. Bonnery more pain because he's like, mm-hmm. okay, what the hell's going on? I thought this was like a together for everything. And it's hurting him while it's also hurting her because she does still love him while she's trying to act like she doesn't and act like she's going to go back after Mitsuo and 
put on this act while still trying to be friends with him because she doesn't want to lose him in her life and she doesn't want him to forget her. So eventually they make a promise that, you know, he finds out that she sees the camera recorder, so he knows why she did it. And he's like, okay. He accepts it. He's yeah. like, I understand. Like, I'm not going to accept this forever. But until mm-hmm. I am 100% healthy and I can be with you, I will accept the breakup for now. And if, you know, if I lose my memories, then, you know, like basically just like tries to say he won't lose them. And that he'll, once he's 100%, you know, cleared of these memory issues, they can be together forever, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Which they both yeah. agree to. So as he's breaking down and his memories are coming back, like it, you can see the pain in Coco and she starts breaking down more and showing how much it's bothering her in the yeah. background. And Which is you know, understandable. That's gotta suck. And Bonri sees this and even when Bonri is in old, you know, ghost Bonri form, he still feels bad. Like is that love is still there and he's like, Why is Coco crying? Or why is that woman crying? Why do I feel like I know her? Why do why do I care that she's crying? And it, it bothers when him he even goes more. Back to his hometown and she comes and she knocks on the door to return the DVD. Yeah, and so but eventually this all this trauma come happens up and he goes home. Yeah. For what I think it said like three or four months or something. Uh yeah, dropped the out old of school. Bonnery- the Linda old Bonnery comes. is like completely gone at this point. I mean, sorry, the new Bonnery is yeah, completely gone. Yeah, the old Bonnery is completely point. back with just vague memories yeah. of the old Bonnery uh-huh. that are just kind of yeah. things that Bonnery left for him to remember, like who mm-hmm. Coco is and why he loved mm-hmm. her and stuff like that. That he was hoping, okay, I'll read this and I'll remember and then I'll be able to come back. But mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Yeah. So they have this little flash forward where he's living, you know, back with his parents kind of readapt into society and hanging out with linda linda comes for like summer break or something and they're hanging out and he's getting to know you know his her family again and mm-hmm. seeing his and friends still never at this point like you don't even find out till the last episode like what linda's answer would have been on the bridge which we like, all we know tell we it. all know it we all know this. okay cause, yeah because there's like two moments he asked her before this what was your answer and you can tell she's lying because she looks down there's like a shadow over her eyes and like it's like the hair is covering her face so it's just like okay obviously she's lying we all know it was a yes and yeah i felt bad for her too but at the same time it's like she never i mean she never did anything to try to be with the old bonry i guess i think from my perspective, I think that Linda kind of accepted that old Bonnie was like dead and gone, and that's why she never tries to, you know, reconnect with the new Bonnie in a romantic way. Well, she also blames herself for what happened yeah. to him because she wasn't there. She was late, and things could have been and again, different. I do, so appre- she... I do appreciate that it was not Truck Coon that knocked him off the bridge. It was a moped or something. It was yeah. not a truck. <laughs> but. For that moped scene, I for the longest time I thought the moped, the person driving the moped, was going to end up being Coco. For like the longest time, like, I thought because they didn't show her face, but they showed it was a girl. So for the longest time, I thought that that was going to end up being Coco, and it's going to be that would have been a funny twist. It was going to be this weird twist where she found out that she was the one who did it, and it feels even worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I thought that that's where it was going, but apparently it was just some random broad who doesn't know how to drive who knocked him off. Yeah. But literally not it's like a it's like a I mean it's not a super wide bridge, but there's enough space. How do you literally hit someone who's just standing on the edge and just 
Wow. Yeah. So like that, but that all happens, and they they kind of give you a flashback to what's going on in Tokyo, where Coco just kind of accepted everything, but she didn't really accept it. She's just trying to act like it. And Mitsuro and Chinami both kind of accepted it, but didn't accept it. So they keep like they're trying to find ways of how they could bring Bami back. Whereas 2D Kun never accepted it ever, and he went out of his way to try to bring Bami and Coco back together and get the old Bami that he knew his friend back. And this is the first time in the show where 2D had any aspect of importance at all. Like he was just kind of It sucks. I liked I liked 2D Kuhn. I wish they would have given him more screen time or developed his. He kind of reminded me of I forgot his the neighbor from Welcome to the NHK. I think Yamazaki or something. But anyways, I liked 2D Kuhn. I wish we I think he was kind of supposed of to be like a comedic relief or like another outlook mm-hmm. of like as an otaku as we are otaku's watching. Like he is kind of us in the yeah, story. Yeah, they showed some of. Exactly. They showed some of his, his apartment a couple times. It had, like, posters of <laughs> all over the wall of, like, waifus. I think he had, like, a body pillow, too. I liked him. It was pretty funny. Yeah, he he was definitely, like, the comedic relief character. But that was, yeah. like, his first emotional moment was when Bonnie wasn't telling him. And he snapped mm-hmm. about, why is no one telling me what's going on? And then yeah. that moment. Which I did where, felt bad for him. It yeah. sucks to be, because he was like the only one who was out of the loop. And, you know, it always sucks to be that person. So, so when he had that big moment of, okay, I'm going to bring them together. And he does this whole mm-hmm. realization thing with Coco where he's like, what is, what's wrong with you? This isn't you. Like, what happened to the girl who would do anything for love? Who would chase mm-hmm. her man across the world? Doesn't care. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't the Coco I know, which snaps her kind of out of it. Like, she's not as crazy. But she then goes to see Bonri, which leads to them, you know, having a whole thing where he gives her the mirror back that she gave him way back in, like, episode two or three. Mm-hmm. And she, because he thinks it's hers, she's like, oh, this must be yours, you know. It's not mine. You know, here, take it. And yeah, finds out that he had both his and her mirror. And so when he looks at hers and sees himself and then sees a note that says, remember, like, he just starts crying and then all his memories come back and it's kind of like the old Bonnie accepted like he he got his time back and he kind of just accepted but he he was they kind of made it play like right before Linda told him how she felt and the old Bonnie got to finally get that closure yeah uh, that that's all he really wanted that he was just going to stick around until he got his closure and then you know which was the Bonnie we grew with would then go and be on be on himself. So he starts mm-hmm. running towards Coco, and the old Bonnie's like, "Wait, I don't know the answer. We can't, we can't. What are you doing? This isn't right. You know, I gotta. What about Linda?" And they have this whole thing. He's where running Linda's to the bridge ra- too. Yeah. At this point, Bonnie, you know, as people who are in love do, just runs out of the shoes barefoot. Just runs out of the house yeah. barefoot in his slippers. Doesn't care, and. Like, those you don't know, like, Japanese culture, like, they always, they don't wear shoes in the house. They have, like, a set place for shoes. They have house slippers. They don't really walk around barefoot. So, he runs out in his house slippers, and it's just running, and his house slippers mm-hmm. fly off, and so he's running barefoot, and he's like, what the hell? And then Linda comes in, gives him his running shoes and a pair of socks. It's, like, hair, mm-hmm. so it changes really quick, and then she chases after him to, to tell the old Bonnie that she, the answer was yes. And they have this really yeah. beautiful, like, art-styled thing where you have current Bonnery, old Bonnery, and then Linda, who somehow can see and talk to 
What, what yeah, I was that guessing scene was, was a bit confusing. What for I was me. guessing I was, was, was the visuals were um, old Bonnery. Old Bonnery was standing. It was the actual Bonnery, the physical body, and the new one who was kind of off in the distance was like the so far like the the ghost version of like of him kind of standing off watching. Yeah. As, and so she told the old Bonnie in his memories, hugged him, said said yes, and then told mm-hmm. him to go, which that he then accepted, kind of like became one with Bonnie and they mm-hmm. went off on their his merry way to find Coco and you know, happy yeah, ever came after. Full. Coco was on the bridge. She wanted to go and see The other thing that did make sense was the ring. Like earlier on Yes, yeah. Okay, where how did he get the ring back? Yeah, earlier on Bonnie drops this ring his mother gave yeah. him. He was supposed to give to Coco, basically an engagement ring. And he drops uh-huh. it in the water and is like, oh, oh, whatever. Oh, well, I don't know what that was. And then, like, Ghost Bonnery just happens to have it and puts it in his pocket, which, like, okay. Like, that was one of the things I had an issue with. Like, where did he get this from? And, like, how... The only thing I could think of is subconsciously that, that Bonnery went and picked it up. Mm-hmm. Or there's just, just some kind of supernatural element, I guess. I mean, there is a ghost of Bonnery, so... And he did, he did make the, everybody, everything rain and shit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a thing, but... Yeah. So I think that's a good enough for Golden Time. Okay, moving on to Death Note, where I can piss everybody off. Um, I don't know why I didn't watch it for the longest time. I just... The ending got spoiled... And, like, what happened to certain characters got spoiled, so I just kind of was like, I'm not going to watch it, you know. Mm -hmm. I know it happens, so why watch it? So I just never watched it, you know, for the longest time. It was on my list of I should probably go back and and watch this, but I didn't. And I'll I'll say first things first, as I understand why people love it. And why it's this this (laughs) thing that is, like, everybody's top five anime and why it's... I mean, it's the number one most popular anime yeah, too it's on why my it's anime so list. popular and yeah the art style is great you know it's it's you can definitely see how it inspired future art styles like even like just the mm-hmm. persona games like there's moments when i was watching where like the art style was like well this looks exactly like the persona art style which tells mm-hmm. me that persona took it from them and that was just kind of like, well this is really i like that because i love that style i think it's you know beautiful it's fun and it has like really good way of showing emotion and yeah it fit with the mood too they did the use dark, like a darker yeah, the darker, yeah, darker style. palette yeah um, and i'll say it, it's good like i i'm not gonna be like oh death note's terrible or there were a lot of underlining issues i had with it that i was like what the hell oh gosh here we go <laughs> but you're gonna break my heart because i love death note but like I'll say this. First off, first off, what did you did you like the music? I liked the background, like their little OST music. Mm-hmm. I liked the first opening and ending, although they're not music that I would like listen to in the car because they but they fit yeah. they they were good songs that fit the visuals and the story very well. Mm-hmm. Now the second opening was god awful. The visuals yeah, were I somebody agree. I was just like, it was yeah. The first one was so much better. Yeah. yeah, the second one, I was like, no, why would you even yeah. switch? Just As somebody who one. listens to metal and death yeah. metal and deathcore and like the screamo type music, it's not. It was. It was like for me to say this was literally just noise. It was <laughs> just noise. 
And then the visuals were just a bunch of colors. Like somebody was on crack, just having a, a mental breakdown. And I was like, yeah. what the hell is this? And it was mm-hmm. just god off. I was like, this is, I skipped it every, I never skipped the first one. I skipped that one every time. Never. Unless I was doing something, always skipped it. But, like, my initial breakdown of Death Note mm-hmm. would be, first five episodes, okay. I really like Light. Light's easily the best character. He's the most interesting, as he should be. He's the main character. But I only mm-hmm. like Kira Light. Every other version of Light they show, fucking hate him. <laughs> just, compared to Kira Light, Everything, every other version of Light is just kind of boring, and I don't care. I want more Kira Light. I don't care about these other versions. And then, mm-hmm. are you talking about when like he relinquished he, the Death Note and lost his memory? Yeah, and he becomes Goody Two Shoe Death. Which I'll yeah. get to that. So the first yeah. five, they have they introduced Light, and you get to build with him. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the outlook of you know human ethics and you know what's right and what's wrong because it's something that everybody thinks yeah. about. I think it's a very good topic. And yeah, now, I especially yeah, I love how you have your two main characters, Light and L, and they both believe in justice, but they have two very I different two very different ideas of what justice is. And Light is kind of he starts off as your chaotic good. Yeah, he's, argue, the argue, justifies the means. Uh huh. Exactly. Arguably, later on, I don't know if you'd classify him as good, but he starts off as chaotic good, and then you have Light, who is this lawful good. He, he then just becomes like kind of a chaotic neutral. He's just yeah. He, he's still doing it for good, but he'll also delve into the dark side. He sold his soul a long time ago. He so he just doesn't care at that point. Yeah, he just he becomes corrupted by like the power, and he gets a bit egotistical. But um, yeah. But so yeah. for the first five episodes, I like the building of light and his relationship with Ryuk and how he was going to use the Death Note. But when they first, you know told you about l it was just this guy who just fucking knows everything it's just ass mm-hmm. pull after ass pull after ass pull and i'm like how the fuck does this guy know he's a this? mastermind and i'm like okay i get it he's supposed to be a genius but like mm-hmm. how does he know this stuff and so that kind of aggravated me every time you'd say so he just knew exactly what light was doing what light was thinking and i'm like how do you know this now, yeah, I mean, he just has these incredible, five, incredible powers yeah. of deduction. Yeah, episode five, like six, five or six through episode 11 or 12, I believe. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. What makes the show, I mean, it was just engaging, amazing. When you, you get yeah. to meet L and L starts to explain how he found out all this stuff straight to Light's face. And he, you have this battle of wits and these geniuses yeah. and these masterminds who are very similar they have very similar minds and i want to yeah. keep this keep this as a note because this is gonna be the reason one of the same reasons why i dislike the show later is they okay. have this great minds of uh, this great mind game battle between light and l which just keeps you you never know who's gonna win you never know what's gonna happen yeah you know? Light knows exactly what l is thinking l knows exactly what light is thinking who's gonna get you know the head up on the other person and it's just interesting, and you have to have you have Ryuk in the background cracking jokes and being witty and mm-hmm. being like, "Oh, yeah, Ryuk was great." You didn't expect this and stuff like that. That was really fun and energetic, and I mm-hmm. loved it. It was amazing. Like the just that battle of wits, where L knew it was light, but he couldn't prove it, and Light had no idea how to kill L until Misa shows up, who also amazing character, very yeah. fun. 
very much just to interject her. to interject real quick one of the things i loved about um light and l's kind of relationship is it's really it really is implied that l knows that light is kira but he just can't prove it and i yeah. think light understands that too so they both kind of they're both kind of like aware of this but obviously they can't say it out loud yeah so they're and battling. obviously they start yeah, it's a battle, and it's obviously they st they start out as adversaries because uh, Elle is obviously trying to catch Light and get him arrested, bring him to justice. But down the line, they develop this this sort of kinship uh, yeah, that they're kind of when, rot. Yeah, when you're that kind of genius. Rot. It's you spend a lot of your life like people you don't understand you as much, and mm -hmm. it's hard for you to understand other people because your brain is just more advanced, and you think of things more you know intellectually exactly. and analytically and it's so when they kind of meet somebody with the same brain as them with the same deduction mm -hmm. skills and the same outlook mm -hmm. on life for the most part it, it would it'd be hard to say it, that they wouldn't get closer and that they wouldn't have fun playing these mm -hmm. mind games yeah now there's all this death happening so you just say well elves having all this fun but like mm -hmm. it's hard for him not to like, like he he wants to believe that light is Kira because of how smart Kira is. And yeah. so he wants to believe that Light is that smart. But he mm -hmm. also doesn't want Light to be Kira because Light's so smart and he wants to be friends with him forever. And mm -hmm. so he has this boundary of he wants to prove Light is not Kira at some point so that he can have his friend. But I'm in his sure, heart of hearts, he sure knows. I agree with that take. I think I think that Light was convinced the whole time that Light was Kira, and he just couldn't prove it. But like as you said, he really enjoys their battle of wits, and kind of in a, I know in a way, I both think they didn't want to finally beat each other. I think they wanted to just like keep well, it you going. You can even see it when uh, eventually L dies. That Light did. Yeah, he, he, his face was like, oh, that was it was that easy. It's it's over. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be this like okay and then mm -hmm. he's just like there's no one who can challenge me now yeah that's good right right yeah. that, that's good oh it's not good i'm kind of bored now i got so used <laughs> to these trying to break down these mind games and the you know the intense situation they were put in and then that mm -hmm. adrenaline he must have been having he was so hooked on it at that point but that, yeah. that's later on but during those 12 episodes they have those battles it's just amazing and they they bring in this, they bring in Misa, who is just a, you know, I'm trying to remember a good way to phrase it, but she's, she's the chaos storm that you, you just don't oh, know yeah. what she's going to do. Like it's, she can be very help. Like she's smarter than people give her credit for. True. Yeah, definitely. But she still acts on her emotions and does wild, crazy things mm -hmm. to try and get light to love her. Mm -hmm. and I actually enjoyed the whole light being like okay well this, this girl's useful so I'm going to use her but mm -hmm. like I didn't like Rem I thought Rem was just a boring bullshit Shinigami who was like her reasons for loving Misa yeah. never were explained it was just like oh yeah. I knew this guy who loved her and then he died and then I love her now because of reasons and it's like okay and then it's like, I'll yeah, kill you, Light, if you do this. And then it's like, so it just... Yeah, it, I think, Rem I think is, that Rem, Rem, was, Rem is like a plot device to prevent Light from immediately killing off yeah, Misa Misa. That's, that's all she was there for. And mm -hmm. then like, yeah. later she respects Light, but still thinks he's a piece of shit. 
Like, she's yeah. trusting him to keep Misa safe. And I mm-hmm. do think as the show goes on that he does start to care for Misa because he could have killed her at any point after Rem died just to get rid of that chaotic factor, but he never does. Yeah. He keeps her around, and she's really... He even takes the notebook from her again later on, so she has no memory mm-hmm. of it. So the, the Shinigami eyes, there's no reason to keep her around, yet he still does. Yeah. And yeah. So it shows that he did kind of grow attached to her, and he enjoys, you know, that having somebody who is going to be pretty hard. He, obviously, everyone's love, so to find somebody who's going to have the same ideals as you is pretty hard. So he just kind of accepts her as his future wife and love interest. Which is exactly what I think he thinks she maybe she'll be useful later, so I might as well keep her around. You know, she's on my side. Yeah, and then there's uh, this bit where they're doing the whole Yotsuba thing, and Light becomes goody two shoe lights. He gets all his memories. And mm-hmm. what I don't understand about that was Light had the notebook for what, two days, killed like 25 people, and instantly became this like, this is his mindset. Well, I think he so, had it for much longer than that. I don't know still, the exact timeline. Like his brain already jumped to those conclusions. So why would this mm-hmm. light then not jump on the same conclusions? Why is it because he's scared of getting like he his father's involved? Is it because Elle's his friend now and he wants to help Elle and prove his innocence? Like he just kind of like wants to help, just to help, just so that he can be there. And the whole point was to kind of show that Light's kind of smarter than L, I felt. Like, that whole point was basically Light was the one running the operations and finding out all the clues, and it was kind of showing that his deduction was slightly better than L's, even without the notebook and Ryuk and, like, that that mindset. See, I think L was smarter. I mean, Light Light eventually does uh, win against L, but I don't know. I always thought L was smarter than Light was. They give you that feeling, but like I feel like in that Yotes where mm-hmm. they, they tried to say that Light's slightly, at least slightly better at deduction. Like, if okay. that's kind of what they say is, wow, his deduction's even better than mine. And it's like, okay, cool. But you have, like, L here who's just, like, still believes it's Light, but, like, Light doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, it's a one-sided thing now, and mm-hmm. there's no threat anymore. And this section of the story... There's absolutely no threat because those Yotsuba guys are not smart enough to ever hurt Light or L. And it's just kind of just seemed like a waste of time where, like, I I expected Light to get his memories back an episode or two after losing them. Maybe even the next, like, couple, like, he has his whole plan to get himself Mm -hmm. cleared, get in, and then boom, do what he does. But it just dragged out, and I just hate it. Just killed the show for me like i just eventually got so bored i almost dropped it because (laughs) i was so bored and then light dies and you get to the back half of the show well you You mean l dies l dies dies, and you get to the back half of the show four years or so into the future and you have fake light number or fake l number one and fake l number two who one of, them is, and mellow. one of them is literally just a duplicate of L that they made because, oh, there's no one smart enough to combat Light anymore. Well, let's just bring L back, but make him a smaller version. Yeah, see, if they were going to do and that, then Mello I guess, is why just not? like a copy yeah. of Light, who's just a little bit more sadistically smart. But they're just boring yeah. characters that I didn't yeah. care about because I grew with <laughs> L. I loved L. 
why not just keep him around instead of killing him off early or just end the show after he's dead? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like that L's death and the introduction of Mellow and Near, it didn't ruin the show for me, but I do wish it had been like L versus Light up until the end. Yeah, because it's just, it's literally, they wanted, I think what happened is they're writing this. They had this great dynamic early. They pulled mm-hmm. away from it. And they realized it didn't work. So they tried to, mm-hmm. and then, but then they killed L, thinking, okay, you know, this is our story. But they kind of like, well, let's keep going. And like, we can't, we gotta like add something. You know, Light can't just yeah. get away with this. And, but they wanted to bring back those high stake mind games with these two characters. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, because that was the original appeal of the show. Exactly, yeah, and the it high just, and it just didn't bring it back because all I kept thinking was, Oh, you know, well, you're not L, so who cares? Like, it in my brain, yeah. it's just like they're not as smart as L. Although they try to kind of make it seem like Nier is smarter, but he's not because he's literally taking all the notes that L left him. Yeah, and just he he understands L enough to jump back on his mindset and be mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, you know, this is, you know, what he was thinking, so it must be this, and he kind of comes to the same conclusion. Um, whereas like, Mello is. Melo is just chaotic. There's this whole part. He kidnaps um, Light's sister and like yeah, kidnaps okay. the dad too. And like that's one of the parts too that you realize that Light really has gone off the deep end because he even considers like killing his own sister to not get exposed. Not the I mean, I think go to their hands. Yeah, it's yeah. But yeah, because I mean, in the in the early stages, I was kind of like, you know, rooting for light. But then there's this part where he kills a bunch of the police force that really didn't do anything wrong. It was just, I forget what exactly happened, but yeah, he ends up killing a bunch of innocent people. And at that point I started losing, even though you still I are- when he kills the FBI agents or like when he starts wiping well, was... out everyone who's attached to him later on so that Nier, because once Nier finds out who he is. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I guess somewhere. Yeah. Because later in the series, he just starts kind of wiping people out because, like, he's getting nervous. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he starts off with this whole idea. He wants to create an ideal world, which we all know there's no such thing as a perfect utopia. And then along the way, he starts off with good intentions. But along the way, he just kind of starts getting corrupted by the power of the Death Note. And as you said, he just starts wiping out anybody who opposes him. So that's when I kind of started losing sympathy for for Light. But, you know, the whole thing is, like, so exciting. It's also one of those shows where you don't know who you want to win. You know? Yeah, so from the get-go, I wanted Light to win. Like, I agree with his mindset to an extent, and I enjoyed the outlook. And I was just curious what the world may look like if he succeeded. Like, that was... Although I loved L, like, Uh I thought his... Like, it's a curious, like... In my head, I'm thinking, okay, this might work, you know. Why not? You know, give it a shot. You know, see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I liked him as a character. I liked the Kira character and just how crazy he was. I enjoyed it. And I really liked L. Like, if L would have stuck around and L would have won, I would have been happy. But anybody else beating Light just it isn't the same feeling. Yeah, I guess I can I can agree with that. And, like, I disliked the second half of the show so much that I barely remember it because I was so zoned out. I was on my phone. I was basically just watching it to finish it. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, (laughs) and overall, like, 
the first really see i was half. i was super engaged till the end i just felt like the whole yeah. yes i did enjoy the part where ella was in live more but i just for me personally the whole show was one of those where you i have to see the next episode i have to know what happens next i was like that from episode like like i said five to like 13 ish mm-hmm. and then i never got back onto that because mm-hmm. i once the yotsuba comes you know what's going to happen once near them yeah. comes, you kind of know what's going to happen. It, yeah. The whole, even though I did know what was going to happen between Light and L, because like I said, spoilers, mm-hmm. uh, it was still intriguing to get to that point. Like, how are they going to get to this point? When is this point going to yeah. happen? I didn't know when it happened. I just knew that it happened. So that was still fun. So I would honestly like give, I don't know, 10, like nine, like, you know, normal, like 10 scale rating. That you would rate things, uh, the first probably like one to fifteen, like first half is like a nine out of ten. It's great. Mm-hmm. After that, it's like a six out of ten. It's just not very good for me. I just got very bored, um, and I just didn't enjoy near mellow at all. I Yotsuba didn't care. The only thing that was really kind of useful was the little bit where like. Misa remembered a bit of who she was and goes mm-hmm. off and, and does some dope things to basically prove who Kira is and Yotsuba, which was like a good bit for her character to mm-hmm. show how smart she actually is. She's not just this idiot. Yeah. For me, the whole show was a 10 out of 10. I, then, lo- I love Death Note. And then there's Useless Detective 1, Useless Detective 2, Useless Detective 3, and Light's yeah. Father, who are literally there's- just secretaries for L and Light and they have no meaning in the story but to like act as other people. They're basically actors playing an anime show character who's just an actor. And it was they were there was they had no use at all. They were just paper pushers who were just there to kind of be Yeah. There. The only the only member of the police force that I can remember aside from Light's father who is the chief is I forgot his name. The goofy guy who at one um, point he pretends to be yeah, Misa's manager. Yeah, it's it's the same as an L or something. An M, I mean, it's like I think it's like Misaka or something or Misakai or yeah, Ma- yeah. He's the Maka he's something. the only one I can something like yeah. that. <laughs> I don't. Know. Yeah, he's that's how unforgettable he's detect. I just watched the show yeah. and those detective are so forgettable that I can't remember their names. Like they're just yeah. There's a guy with an afro who, like, has no meaning, and then later in the show, like, kind of, he shaves his afro, and now he's a good detective all of a sudden, because, you know, all of his brain was his afro, and apparently when he cut his afro off, it went back into his head. I, I don't... It was just, like, these... There were three characters, not including Ryu, so four characters, that matter in the show, and that was it. There's Light, L, Misa, and, like, the Shinigami. Yeah. So who were who was your favorite character? Oh, Light. Like by far, Kira Light was the driving force of why I enjoyed watching the show. Yeah. I I love the mental mind games. I love the sadistic, chaotic good, chaotic neutral yeah. aspect. You know. There's I, this scene where because Light's father does die, and there's this scene where they're in the hospital and. Um, I forget. Light's father knows the real name of, of Mello. somebody. He knows Mello's name. Mello. And Light's yeah, trying to and find then, a way to get him to write the name because he doesn't yeah, know it. 
So and he, he's like, it's 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 really messed up and really dark, but it was honestly, it was also kind of funny. He's like, please, dad, with your dying breath, like write down the name and stuff. And it's just like, and then he starts point, crying, but you don't know if he's crying over his it's, dad's death it's or fake crying. Tears. Yeah, exactly. If it's fake or if yes. he's crying because he's mad that his dad just didn't kill Mello. You don't know why yeah, he's exactly. upset. Yeah, exactly. And they also did this thing with his sister where she's like traumatized, but like Mm -hmm. they never really, like I never really got any clear indication of like if she felt better or like how'd she feel Mm -hmm. after her father died? Like what happened with the rest of Light's family? Like how did they react? Mm -hmm. So it was just like, overall I thought it was a good show and I had issues with it, but it was... It wasn't. It was. It's definitely something I would recommend to newer people getting into anime because it's it's a good, you know. I mean, it's it's so popular for a reason. Yeah, and it it, it gives you an outlook, a good look into what anime can be like. Yeah, how it's not I just can... cartoons. It there's a exactly. lot of deeper tone to anime. It's just animated. Like it's there's a lot of deep things you can get into. A lot of intellectual stuff. A lot of stuff that can really spark thought. Mm-hmm. Um, in anime yeah. and that's a yeah. very good way to kind of introduce someone to that version of animation yeah I completely agree I think for a lot of people Death Note is the gateway anime for a lot of people it's the first one they saw that they're oh, like oh anime isn't just you know waifus I and think, like cartoons I think that's why I maybe didn't enjoy it as much watching it later on after being into anime for so long. Mm-hmm. It's because I already knew what anime could be. I already have seen things that I found mm-hmm. more like intellectually uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but like engaging. Yeah, like, like, it, it kind of yeah. like I personally found Psychopaths more engaging than Death Note. Like Grant, mm-hmm. the ending wasn't spoiled. So it's like I never knew what was going to happen. So that kind of brought me along mm-hmm. the ride. If I would have maybe watched Death Note as like my second or third anime, I probably would love it and loved it a lot more than I do now. And if I would have went back and watched it now, I would have still loved it because of the nostalgia that I just don't mm-hmm. have. And I was also kind of watching it knowing that we were going to do this podcast and knowing that I was going to break it down. So I was looking deeper into it, which if I maybe yeah. would have just sat back and just watched it, I might mm-hmm. have enjoyed it more than kind of breaking thinking about the characters more and kind of instead of letting myself get like just entrenched in the story i kind of like kept, mm-hmm. i kind of kept like a toe in while i was taking mm-hmm. notes it was yeah but like i still enjoyed it and i, I do that with all shows that's kind of why i wanted to make a podcast because i do that anyways like it's just kind of how i yeah. watch anime um, some shows will just drag me in, like Golden Time did. Like, it just I just got hooked onto the characters, and I was just along for the ride. Although I yeah. I noticed gripes that I had, and I made them into okay, this is this is this or this is that, and like I'll I'll be the first to be like to say, oh, this ha- anime has a problem, no matter how much I like it. You know, enjoyment and you know, good art can kind of make an anime for me compared to just amazing storytelling. Like I love yeah, fairy tale. Yeah, at the tale. end of the day, it's all it's all personal preference. At the end of the day, yeah. I love fairy tale, but there there's a very there's a formula to fairy tale, and it's the same formula, and it's just the shonen battle, get a power mm-hmm. up, shonen battle, get a power up, power friends, which like yeah, isn't good storytelling at all. 
but it's fun and <laughs> I enjoyed it. And it just, you know, it's just one of those things. What well, same thing? Like I never hated Black Clover from the beginning because everyone hated that because it was very much like Naruto. And it's just like, well, I loved Naruto, so I also like this. Like I don't get the whole, oh, this is like this, so I have to hate it. Yeah. So overall, what would your score be for Death Note? want to give it an eight because i like the first half so much but i would probably give it like a 7.5 because the second half brought it down so much for me dang <laughs> that hurts but but fair enough fair enough what'd you say you'd give golden time um, for me, Golden Time would probably be like a 7 out of 10. And that's not like anything against the show. That's just based on like personal preference and the fact that I tend to enjoy uh, shonen and sign-in and psychological thrillers more than I would like a rom-com or slice of life. But as I said, I had a lot of fun watching it and I would definitely recommend it to people who like that genre. Yeah, and I'd probably give it like an 8.5 or a 9 because... Yeah. It's probably the best rom my uh, the not probably the best, but one of my favorite romances in anime that I've seen, which kind of sold it for me. Yeah. But that's gonna be it for those two shows. And next week we're probably gonna, like I said, we're gonna probably go in deep more in our top tens and kind of talk about why we have them in our top tens and what yeah. sells us on them. Um. I'm going to like put a little note now that there are two things shows that aren't in my top 10 that probably would be. So I might try to finish them uh, mm -hmm. so that I can maybe slide them in there or not because I, they're yeah. just not there because I never finished them. These shows are Code Geass and Hunter Hunter. Never finished them, but I loved them when I was watching them. So I really should. Oh, dang. How them. could you not? How could you not finish Hunter Hunter? Uh, I went through with a, a period where we didn't have internet, so like I, oh. and like at the time, like the Crunchyroll and like VRV and like every app that streamed anime was just really bad on my phone. So it was just I just didn't watch anime for like a portion of like what? four months. Which arc of Hunter Hunter are you on? I'm on the final. I'm on the. I'm in the middle of the Chimera and arc. Like they're about to oh, go no. back in. And invade uh, the castle and all that. Oh gosh, that's when it starts getting crazy. Yeah, like I got I got to like the climax of like their big mm -hmm. arc, and I just haven't gone back to finish it. And then I got to like the <laughs> second season of Code Geass, yeah, like the second half, and I haven't mm -hmm. finished that because. Okay. I don't know why I stopped watching it. I think I got a girlfriend, and I was out doing stuff, and I just never went back mm -hmm. and finished it. And then now I'm like, I yeah. should go back and finish it. <laughs> well, yeah, you should. <laughs> I love Hunter Hunter. Hunter Hunter's for sure in my top ten. Yeah, and those those two I, I'm gonna try to finish. And then mm -hmm. we also wanna do reviews of seasonal shows to kind of like mm -hmm. make it easier for people who don't have time to go out and watch every seasonal show. So each of us will probably split yeah. up a season, watch some of these shows, and then say whether what's good, bad, awful, uh, recommend if we recommend you should watch it or maybe, hey, this is this style, if you like this style, go ahead and watch it. You know, I personally yeah. might not, you personally might not, but you know, everybody has their niche and you know, they yeah. don't know necessarily what they want. There's everyone 
who watched anime probably has a backlog that they just have never gotten to. And it just keeps getting bigger with these seasonal animes because now, you know, they release 30, 40 every season and you just don't have time to sit down and watch 30, 40, 12 to 24 episode series. Yeah. And so I'm going to try to watch a couple episodes of each thing, give, give like a little bit of a view and, you know, a synopsis of what the story is and where we think it's headed. So you can get an mm-hmm. idea whether you might want to go back and watch it. So that will be coming yeah. up in the future. Yeah. So do you have any well, final remarks? Um, no, I'd just like to thank everyone for joining us for our first episode. And we hope you'll be back next time for another episode of the Anime Coffee House. So stay caffeinated, drink water, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye.